Welcome to Space Floor Bay Podcast. My name is Connor Gillan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 46th official episode. Let's talk about Luka Doncic. He's been absolutely <laughs> insane this year. He's just gone nuclear, especially, actually pretty much since day one. It And I don't know about you, but like I personally, I knew Luka was good. I know he was going to be like a future all-star, if not already this season. But this has just been something else. He's a, he's a top five MVP candidate right now. I, I would give him top two. And yeah. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say that it's like right now, the, the leading two are him and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Maybe you throw like Anthony Davis and like James Harden into the conversation as well. Um, but the reason he's top two for me, 29.9 points per game, 10.4 rebounds per game, 9.7 assists per game on 49.3% from the field. Almost 35% from three as well. Third in total points. 10th in total rebounds, and 2nd in total assists. Only player in the league right now to be top 10 in total of of those three major stats. That's insane. I would argue that this season, so far, the way he's starting, is better than Paul George's season from last year. That's a, good, that's a pretty good comparison, as in, like, those numbers, the efficiency, the position, like, the style of play, kind of similar. Although, you could even make the argument, like, he's almost averaging a triple-double right now. That's closer to, like, Russell Westbrook's numbers from when the from the when he was MVP on the Thunder. True. Or even like like he I guess he averaged numbers close to that three seasons in a row, but he wasn't shooting that efficiently. And there wasn't, I guess, the same hype after the like the second and third seasons. And much of that the the th- Thunder were as good. Right? Whereas you like you see right now the Mavericks are ten and five. That's a fifth seed in the West. And exactly if they if they continue this, they're gonna be higher than fifth in the West. Like right now, just like initially the West is so like binary and that you're super good or you're super bad and that will even out somewhat so like right now i was just saying the jazz are the six seed at 10 at 10 and 5 so if they have a 66 percent win percentage they're going to be higher than like than five or six i mean if they like keep up line. 10 and 5 they're yeah, going I, to they're going to finish as better than the fifth seed in the western yes, conference yeah you're going to see some of the teams that are above them like slow down i think but at the same time, like, are we really are we really betting on the Lakers, Nuggets, Rockets, or Clippers, like, slowing down with the and, rosters they have? And the Jazz, like, not getting better than them. And now I'm just looking at this, and I guess, like, even, like, the Blazers or the Thunder or the Kings or whoever not getting so, better. So, like, that that would be one caveat, like, to the, to the MVP race is that, like, yes. maybe the Mavericks don't end up being good enough. But I'm pretty sure that you would agree with me that basically the entire Mavericks offense this year should be credited to Luka Doncic. Well, and, but if you look at the on and off numbers, their bench is very, yeah, their bench is yeah. very, very Shout good. out to Jalen Brunson. <laughs> just, just like DeLon Wright like lit it up for the first month of, of the season. But it, I guess it's mostly just that like when Chris S. Porzingis has been on the floor, he hasn't been all that good. Even but, when he's been but, averaging 20 points per that, game. That's not necessarily like, true because when you have Luka on the floor without Chris Stapps, they've been amazing. Mm-hmm. When you have Chris Stapps on the floor without Luka, they've been quite good. I don't think so. I think sure? I think Kristaps has played very few, very few like total minutes without. Luka no, Doncic. and I understand they they they're the and majority of their minutes are together. But in the few oh, minutes, I think I think Luka Doncic plays quite a few minutes without Kristaps. Kristaps pl- plays close to zero minutes without Luka Doncic, and so I zero. I know that one of the one of the I guess sort of criticisms of Rick Carlisle is like why isn't he giving Kristaps Porzingis more opportunity to be on the court like sort of by himself where he's the where he's kind of the guy because when Luke is on the court he is basically instant offense and do you even really need Porzingis the way that he has started out so far but he's averaging anyway, 20 like yes yes he's averaging 20 not that but many like, people do that <laughs> is he doing it all that efficiently and and not really I guess is what I'm trying to say like he I don't know. Also, for context, Luca's only averaging one more minute per game than Kristaps. Okay, okay. So, I mean, not all of Luca, not all of KP's minutes can be with Luca. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the, the team success, the Mavericks are third in total points per game so far this season, and they lead the league in points per possession so far this season. Which means, so they're averaging one point zero two one points per possession so far this year. Which so obviously that's that's first in the league, but it basically it means is like every time down the floor they're scoring more than one point per game. Which yeah. means like if they were taking only twos, the entire team would be shooting over fifty percent. That's very good. Like, yes. like not not only like that's just that's just a very good stat overall. Right? So it just shows that like And it's non 
I don't know how you would say it, but it, it's like accounts for pace. It accounts for different teams mm-hmm. like scoring different like, amounts of possessions per game. Exactly. Yeah. So so, so even it's if, pretty objective. Mm-hmm. The one the one sort of weird thing is like the Wizards are second in that stat, so I'm not sure how much you want to like really give them credit for. The Suns are third, um, but like clearly shows that the that the Mavericks are a very lethal, high foul, fire powered offense, right? Um, and and just like. I think that's a, that's a pretty good statistic to show how impactful Luca has been on the offensive end, just beyond even like his his points and assists. Like the entire team is being very efficient, and a lot of that comes from Luca because he's taking a lot of the shots, but he's also creating a lot of the shots. So that's sort of my spiel about Luca for for MVP so far and where all this hype is coming from. Yeah, and it's just it's so surprising that like he's taken this jump so soon. But I mean, I guess. Like, reflecting back on it, knowing that this is happening, like, I guess it kind of makes sense, given that you have this guy in his first season averaging 21 and 8, and, like, the tools are already there, and he's been playing professionally, but once you get it into an NBA context, especially coming from Europe, not even college, but coming from Europe, it's like, once that adjustment period hits, then there's great improvement and usually you see that with european prospects if they come in and only average like 10 points per game it's like okay he's not used to it he's just gonna get accustomed to it maybe luca wasn't used to it and he was just so good that it didn't matter (laughs) maybe it's like he wasn't used to it so he only averaged 21 and now he's just averaging 30 10 and 10 the the, i guess sort of the one problem that it's like okay he still has some work to do is that right now he's averaging four and a half turnovers per game Last season, it was three and a half. I mean, but he, so he's like, a 20-year-old primary ball handler. Like, what are you going to do? That makes sense, right? And his assist-to-turnover ratio is still, like, well over two. And so, like, yeah, it's good. not it's not a, a huge deal that his turnover is so high. But, like, if he's really going to become one of the best players, one of the best on the stars in the league, he probably wants to tighten that up a little bit. Just considering how good of a passer he is, I'm, I'm surprised to see, like, for how much praise he gets on the for his passing, like... He makes a, a few wild passes here and there, like like, like watching wild the la- like bad or wild isn't good. I've watched a few games from the Mavericks so far this season, and in in when when I was watching them, the the number of passes that have this like wow factor, where it's like how did he see that like outweigh the it's, bad it's, passes? It's but, ridiculous. Like yeah, the thing that I didn't understand until this year is like Luca is already in the elite like top five or top three in the league in terms of cross-court long passes. LeBron and Luka, and Le- there's it, no one else in, the tri- and, in that tier. Like, I don't, I don't even think Giannis Chris is there Paul, you, Chris Paul, no. you're not kind of in that competition anymore. Yeah. Like, it, like it, Rondo, it's, no way. It's, it's ridiculous. Because, like, you have the jump pass from, like, just even, like, he can jump and kind of have his momentum be taken away, yet his balance is so good that mm-hmm. he's not, like, falling out of bounds or anything. Yep. To, and so he loses power. No, but like he keeps it so powerful, and so you can have it like from the from the right wing going to the left wing. You can have it from the top of the key going to the corner. That and that's just like no matter where he is on the floor. If you're a help defender, you can't fall asleep for even half a second. Yes, because then yes. The, the then the ball is just rocketed to your man for an open three. Yeah, so I I think that's right. I think, but but so so those no, th- those kind of passes outweigh the bad passes. Easily, and there's there's obviously a reason he's getting so much praise for his pass. Why is averaging almost? I'm just saying, assist a game. There there are a few passes here and there where it's like, okay, like you have that kind of passing ability that might not have been the smartest pass. Like your pass, Steph Curry his behind passing, the back in the it, finals. He's not even trying to necessarily be like flashy with it, but he's trying. His passing is so good that he can fit it sometimes into like the tiniest possible spots, like put it on an absolute platter for his man. But trying to make that pass every time down the court is risky. Just because I, you can doesn't mean that you sh- that you should. I understand. Although, do you think that, that is being it, it, super picky? That's yeah, me yeah, being yeah, like, I, I here's here's the one problem with his like basically perfect stat line. I know, so far. but just to that, I, w- I would like to say, does that matter? even if the the reward outweighs the risk because if he does that 15 times a game and it gets picked off three you, or, you or, take that you yeah take because that. like there, there's a reason that like even though he's generating like, even more though, even though in like college him. or the nfl like if you you can fair catch off of a kickoff and you get mm-hmm. it to 25 or you can run it out and most of the time you don't get to the 25 but they do that because hey there's a possibility that all of a sudden he finds a hole and he gets to the 50 so like yep. every once in a while 
So I think yeah. that like the risk is not outweighed or is outweighed by the reward for that. I agree. Yeah. Also, I, I just want to talk a little bit more about just Luca as like the player, right? Yeah. Because we, we saw like we saw what he could do coming out of college, but like or coming out of Europe. But everyone was talking about last year the step backs, the step backs, and of course, like that's great, but that's it, not the most important part it, of this it's game. It's not even necessarily the step back per se but what makes a step back possible and like from from what i see when i when i see luka Doncic is it's a combination of a few things one he has like top three this is a weird thing he's top three like (laughs) balance in the league right there's like if you see just think of like top luka Doncic plays last year crazy step backs that, that those require a lot of balance um the shot against i believe the trailblazers just corner out of bounds where like 0.2 seconds he just throws it up mm-hmm. that like the required momentum for that is like insane just like if you think of any sort of just luca in the paint sort of thing that's not a running layup he usually like stops and gives the guy a bump and just like go like stops on a dime and that just like makes his change of direction so like lethal like steph curry especially let's say too because luke is not the fastest guy mm-hmm. but like, i would let, i would compare- call it body control yes even more than balance is like when you think about like young derrick rose right he was dominant in a different way as in like he was dumb like he won mvp what his second season like i think it was second season maybe his yeah. third but like like that would be like somewhat comparable to what luke is doing right now but well, derrick rose did it just by like I am so athletic and I'm so out of control that there is no possible way for you to stop me right now. And that eventually cost him his knees. But like Luka Doncic doesn't have that athleticism, but instead of being like a like whirlwind around the court that there's just that is just too quick and too like too difficult to like quick cutting to stop, he just has his way of like his pass fakes, his like his dribbling, his like I, way to I, hit I, I, off I, I, balance I, shots. I wouldn't hit. call I wouldn't call that body control though. I would call that fundamentals. I think body control and bo- like embodying Luka Doncic comes in like two forms. One change of direction, which yes, if you yeah. compare that to Steph Curry, Steph Curry's not like super fast. It's just he has like an all time level changing of direction to where like the defender just like he uses the defender's quickness and weight mm-hmm. against them. And two, uh, I guess you describe it as like body bumps, where just you get into the paint and Luka, he's like. He's heavy. He's he's girthy. <laughs> and, and you can get into the paint. And if got he, a bit of Jokic in him. Yeah, got a bit of Jokic in him. And if he gets into the paint, if he has a smaller defender on him, he just gives him a little bump. Or if he's yeah. driving to the lane, he just gives him a little bump. And it's just, that's all about body control. Because he's not taking away anything from himself, Luka Doncic, but he's throwing his defender off. Mm-hmm. And that, that creates an advantage for him, like, that's very very unique. It, it comes down to like going like going hand in hand with his passing. He sees the court better than just about anybody, and so yeah. when when he like in addition to that passing, that ability to create so much offense, he can create shots and create opportunities for himself because he always makes the right. He doesn't. He's more efficient with his movements than more athletic players are. So yeah. even though he might not be faster, stronger, bigger, he's more efficient in that like. He makes the right move at the right time. He goes in the exact right decision. He's just precise with everything he does. And so even if he's not, he doesn't have the natural like first step that some guys might, he doesn't may not have the same explosiveness. He doesn't need it because it's so like fine-tuned every every motion that do he makes. Do you think that a lack of athleticism, talking more about just Luka Doncic down mm-hmm. the road, do you think that lack of athleticism will limit him in terms of being a top 10 5 3 one player in the league in terms of what happens when you stick Kawhi Leonard on him like who is just like insanely athletic but also like a smart defender I I see what you mean right because because you can make the argument that well his basketball IQ is already so high is there really that much higher that it can go and if he doesn't have the athleticism then how far can his basketball IQ take him yeah there's, there's an argument to be made, which is that like Luka Doncic isn't going to get that much better than he is right now because his basketball IQ has hit its near peak. He's not going to get that much smarter because he's already one of this like one of if not the smartest player in the league, and like maybe that like, maybe he doesn't have the athletic gifts to like keep growing and expanding his game. But I would expect him to like just that mind alone. He's going to continue to develop 
and learn the ways of the NBA. His game is going to continue to transition for, I mean, as seamless as he's looked coming over from Europe, he's going to continue to develop into an NBA vet, which he already looks like, but he is going to become one of the, like, highest basketball IQ players in NBA history, undoubtedly. Like, he's he's got the, like, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash in him, where he's like... Yeah. Like, it's just the way he plays just makes... Like, it just it looks right, and it makes sense, and he makes the right basketball moves. And it's and so, weird, because he's 6'7", and he's a small forward. I wouldn't... I wouldn't expect... While that... I see why that is a concern, I wouldn't expect that to hold him back. I really do think the sky's the limit for him, because... He's just so skilled and so smart. And and I think that, like, his shot's going to continue to develop. His handle's going to continue to develop. One of the biggest ways he's going to be able to improve is his defense. But, like, even on the offensive end, I wouldn't expect, like, even the Kawhi Leonard's of the world to be able to shut him down all that consistently because he's so crafty. Like, I just think that Luka Doncic is the kind of guy that's going to find a way. And even if he's not creating shots for himself, if you're forcing Kawhi Leonard, the whole team, to, like, be putting all their attention on him to shut him down. Boom, 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 boom. Like those cross court <laughs> passes that you're talking about, like all of a sudden everything opens up. Yeah. Right? If if Kawhi Leonard plays against the 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 Dallas Mavericks, Kawhi Leonard is not playing any off ball defense, which is kind which is part of his like that's kind of part of his thing is like that he's so dangerous in the passing lanes that he creates havoc on that whole side of the ball. If you're forcing him to really just lock in on Luka Doncic, then who's going to stop the Kristaps Porzingis's of the I mean, roster? I understand that, but then like, if you're playing the Clippers, and like Paul George can guard like Kristaps, but a seven three guy and a six eight guy, like I, okay, I, okay. I think. But then what's Kawhi Leonard going to do to Kristaps? Kawhi is also like six eight six nine. Part of the reason this is so dangerous is that you can't. Is that Kristaps Porzingis is one of the biggest matchup nightmares in the NBA? Like. Whenever, then why aren't they phenomenal together on the court? Because like Kristaps Porzingis, Porzingis has not hit his peak yet. Give Kristaps time because he is 15 games into his first season since like three years ago. Like, like give it give it a time. Like, I, I guess I just criticized Kristaps Porzingis a little bit. And, and I guess I was a little bit misled in that like, I thought that he played most of his minutes without Luka Doncic, or with Luka Doncic, or I thought that he like. No, he, he does. He, no, he 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 plays a majority of his minutes with Luka. I'm, mm-hmm. I just argued not all of them. Yeah. Okay. But Chris Chris Porzingis isn't going to start off perfect. If you thought he was going to start off perfect, perfect, like, bruh, like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, he literally he just missed two years, and he's a young guy. He wasn't at his full peak when he was on the Knicks, and he's definitely not had his full peak now. So like. Give it time. Give them time to play together and to, like, not only play together, but, like, just give time, Chris S. Porzingis time to, like, get to being a good NBA player again. They'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. All right. I think we covered Luka for the most part. Talking about the Woj bomb that went off, like, I would say two hours before he hit record. Basically, Woj has this report that basically the – NBA and the NBA Players Association are in serious talks of this kind of new revamping of the NBA season. Uh, there are four main things involved in here. One, that the NBA season will be at a 78-game kind of minimum set instead of 82. The second one is there will be a playing game for 7 to 10 seeds instead of just having 8 seeds just fixed in. Uh, third, they're going to reseed the uh, conference finals. So basically you have uh, one through eight East, one through eight West, play for play. Two, the top two teams in the East, top two teams in the West, you reseed according to record. And then lastly, I saved this one for last kids. It's kind of the most complicated. Basically sort of an in-season 30-team like tournament I, I guess i don't really know how to like describe this that like it's kind of like a round robin and then it gets t- down to eight teams and then it's an elimination and basically like it's just for financial incentives and i guess to like invite some more attention and i guess just kind of like high level stakes for the nba and so wh- what do you just make of this you pick pick any one of these I, topics i to like start off. i like some of this and i don't like other parts of it for example the 78 game minimum this ties back to our last episode where we talked about load management that those four games don't seem like much but like 
I'm sure that the NBA Players Association, which is the NBA is making these discussions with the NBA Players Association. That was the like primary thing is that they were going back and forth and they were sort of making these compromises um, because they both have agendas that they essentially want to cover. For the NBA, it's making money. For the NBA Players Association, it's having like healthy players that are also making money, but like also feel like like they're being treated right as not only like basketball players, but like as entertainers as part of their job. Um, and so the 78 game minimum, I'm sure was an NBA player association thing because for the NBA, that just means less money, but it probably yeah. means that less load management, that players feel healthier, that, you know, this or that, whatever. But it could also mean that like you give this, you give the postseason more time and you can stretch that out so that you're not putting like three postseason games all on the same night and so the nba can make more tv money off of that when sure. you're getting more viewerships for each of those games because they're not overlapping in time it's a very good economic standpoint mm-hmm. um the playing game for the seven to ten seeds that this is sort of like the nfl wildcard thing right where like when you've got those teams that are close it's like all right i guess i'm not sure i really like this because it's like that makes the regular season matter less. Yeah, right? I agree. Like, like if you're at, if you're like one of those teams that's like barely at the bottom of the Western that's that's sort of at the bottom of the Western mm-hmm. Conference, it's like we oftentimes see that it's like those teams that are on the fringe of the playoffs, their last ten games become super important because at the bottom of the conference it gets super tight where it comes down to one or two games of who's making the playoffs and who's missing it. Yes, the seven although, to ten seeds can be separated. Although, by Although on game. the other hand, I think this is a decentivizer it's a disincentive for teams to tank because seven to ten seed i don't know dude like that's that's five teams per conference are gonna be lower than that so you're saying that they're gonna be more than 10 teams in in the league who are trying to tank it's rewarding teams for being competitive because rewarding teams for being top 10 in their conference that's not that competitive like it's not that hard to be a top 10 team i I understand i understand but now all of a sudden if you like pretend the knicks were kind of living up to what they're supposed to be by being like a 10 to 11 to 12 seed in the I east mean, or oh, that's not I'm, I'm that's not much at all i'm just using the next because was the the we're, bulls we're, for we're example like the bulls were the supposed bulls. to be like a 7 through 10 seed yeah and they're not going that the against right now yeah but. right now they're 12 do yeah you, do you think they like bulls fans would care more if, if they or if they're like hmm we just have to like win three more games this season and we're in the playoffs even though we're not that good i don't know i don't i don't I don't really like that because I think that it's like you have 82 games to recover. And so it's like it's giving them too much of a second chance where it's like if you get off to There's a, a lower start, bar for the playoffs to where is it even a playoffs if, two ter- if two-thirds of the team make it? Yes, that's that's yes. part of it, right? Yes. I, I see, I, yeah, I see so, that part. Exactly. So I, I just I don't think it's going to decentivize tanking, which, which I think is actually it's, that is worth encouraging, but I don't think that that's an easy thing to do. For example, like when we went back and we talked, we talked about like they're changing up the lottery, like who's getting what percentages. Like yeah. when, when the Pelicans got Zion, um, I like, again, like I just don't think that's going to de-incentivize like tanking all that much. I just don't think like, I think no matter what, you're going to have teams that are going to try to lose to get good picks once they realize they suck. And so like, <laughs> no matter what, if you have a team that's, that's, that's like, okay, like even if we get the 10 seed, like, are we going to win and get and be, but, are we going to win th- the other team? That like, doesn't, matter from a front or from a owners or an economic standpoint what does it matter the the amount of money that you get as a playoff team is ridiculous do you do you know that like let's say let's say the bull i don't know because like the bulls would make a lot of money let's say the the pistons who are like or no small market let's say the hornets yeah small small market market team so like if they are getting ready to be like pummeled by the bucks in like it, let's say they like 10 seed then they win the first game or whatever so they're getting ready to be pummeled by the bucks and they had this opportunity by the 10 seed and they somehow got ready and so now they're about to get pummeled by the bucks and at first you're like okay this sucks they're just gonna get killed and they're not gonna get better as a team however from a front office standpoint and from like a owner standpoint and w- which is like a significant factor in the league especially for especially for small for small market teams you have a situation where in the NBA, the way playoff revenue works is that it's not that um, the Bulls get all the money or I guess half the money from people and TV deals for the Bulls games. It's the NBA garners in all the money from all the TV deals, from all the ads. 
for the playoffs for, for all the playoff games for round one, and then they distribute it evenly for every team. And that, so, but 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 the difference is that that they would they wouldn't be they it's not like they would split up all the playoff money amongst ten teams per conference now. They're going to split up all the money from this wild card playing thing amongst those four teams, and then which no, isn't going to be at that I, much. I, money, I was describing right? like if, I was describing if the Hornets won. So they they made it into the okay if the Hornets playoffs. won, it, yes. But then like, okay, so you play like one round. It it's it's an incentive to try to be good if you're already a ten seed team. But then it's like yeah, it's even more so. So for example, when we were talking about load management last week, Jalen Rose criticized the fans and the media as being the reason that load management is a thing right now because we don't talk about the journey; we only talk about the destination. As in, when we talk about players and rank them in terms of like their like hall of fame careers or like you know like is lebron james better than michael jordan when it comes down to it it's like we mostly talk about championships as in like okay like how can Allen iverson be like a top three shooting guard if he never won a championship right stuff like that and we don't talk about the regular season right and so we're basically we're, we're already he's making the point that we're already making the regular season not worth that much i'm not sure if i agree with that or not but making it so that the so that you already have a chance to make the playoffs if you're not one of the eight best teams makes the regular season matter less, which makes load management more, which is already an issue that the NBA is dealing with. And it's like, if the NBA really wants to get as many views as possible per regular season game, which of course they do, that's how you make money, then why add in a second, third chance to make a playoffs for a team that started off the season trash. Like it just cause it's basically giving a team like the bulls that started off five 11, let's say five and 11, like let's say Laurie Markin all of a sudden starts hitting his three pointers, which there's a good chance that starts happening at some point this season. And all of a sudden the bulls are probably going to go on a win streak and they're going to get back to the point where they're closer to 500, even if they don't hit it. And so even if they miss the playoffs and they're like a nine, a 10 seed, then it might be it. It would be useful for them to get into the playoffs because maybe they deserve to be in the playoffs after they just got off to a slow start. And, and Bulls fans' viewership would go up. Yes, but, but then again, you have like then like a four, also a saying, four seed team's viewership would go down or a five seed because they they're like more assured for getting into the playoffs. I guess so, and it's also just like the when you when you get, I think that I think that like going into the last 10 games of the season you already start to get tension where it starts to feel like the playoffs because teams are playing harder than ever to try to make the playoffs in the first place it becomes a do or die kind of moment and so if you take that away where the you last have 10 that games for, like but then you could just have that for like the 10th 11th and 12th best teams in but the like conference. like do you want to have the hornets versus yeah. the bulls like like be right a, now like hornets versus matters. right now bulls to be like the game to get into the playoffs not really do you want to see like the timberwolves let's say the, the nuggets yeah exactly well the that, nuggets like are two, not, like two like, years ago yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah okay like you get those games where it's like the seven versus the, or like the eight versus the nine seed where it's like that, like that for example, this year it could be like the Pelicans versus the Timberwolves. No, like literally like two that. years ago, it happened where the yeah. Nuggets and the Timberwolves had the best rec- had equal records, and they were both tied for the eight seed, and they played each other in the last game. So that's like young cat versus young Jokic, right? Yeah. Like that that is the kind of game that I think you want to encourage at the end of the regular season. Could you end up with games like that in this new format? Sure. I think that it makes the regular season as a whole a little bit less exciting. Okay, I, I understand that. However, the NBA also countered this by saying, you know what, we're going to make the regular season more interesting by including this 30-team in-season tournament. And when I first saw this, I was like, that makes sense. No, no, no. Okay. that No, this thing kind of does not make sense. Yeah. Okay. How, however, it made sense that this became a potential thing because I know Adam Silver has been coveting this idea forever i know he's like he's been like man like march madness is super awesome like because every game matters and that's why we're gonna we're gonna get fans caring about this team versus that so would this one be single elimination i'm pretty sure Woj described it as like a round robin to get it to where there are eight teams and then you have a playoffs in season yeah that would be very interesting 
But I don't think but it, here's would, the it thing, would not like, matter. Why, exactly. like, why would so it matter? So if you're not playing for the NBA championship, <laughs> what, what? who is going to care? Do you think that, that on any given night, Giannis Antetokounmpo is gonna, and Kawhi Leonard are going to be giving full 100% effort and, in the and, last game of the round robin to like see who is going to be the better? Like, it doesn't matter if it doesn't yeah, count. Do you think, you think the players care about the financial incentives that their, that yeah, their exactly. owners are going to get? No, it has it, to be it's, worth it's more the, than it's that. It's not the owners. It, I, I, the I'm players are going to get? Yeah, yeah. It, no, it, the Woj said players and coaches, uh, but honestly, I don't know. That doesn't I don't matter like for that. Like, like that doesn't matter for like LeBron. Like he's like LeBron. If you win this, you're gonna you're gonna because, get like an extra one percent to your salary. Because I like, because I'll give you a hint, which is that this round robin is not gonna start counting more than championships. And when you start yeah. looking at a Hall of Fame player's career, you Kareem Abdul-Jabbar didn't ever play in one of these games, so you can't say that. And and guess what? Carl Car- Car- Anthony Towns you, is better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because yeah, like, he won four mid-season round robins. It's like, that doesn't work <laughs> like that. And especially because this is already a league issue of load management, and you're expecting players to play so, even harder than a normal regular season game in the middle of the season. Like, pick one or the other. You're short. You're shortening this game. You're, you're shortening the season. But are you shortening the season so players have more rest? Or are you shortening the season so they can play harder in the round robin? <laughs> like, it's... Like it, it's conflicting. So yeah. So, so I don't. I don't. I'm not a fan of this round round. I haven't. I, I haven't yeah. met anyone who is. Yeah. And I, if, I, I've texted if, a few people. If you start doing something like, let's say, instead of financial incentives, it's like you're playing for draft picks. The players would not care about that. Players would care. <laughs> no, because, they would not. Because, for example, if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo on the Bucks, you're on a team where where you're the, by far the best player, right? And you need help. Don't you think that Giannis Antetokounmpo wants James Wiseman on his team instead of, like, the 30th overall pick? Okay, but do you know who doesn't? Like, like a role player on that team who wants... That's, that's a fair it's point. like, man, if like, we win this, I'm going to get traded. If we win <laughs> this, they're going to draft someone at my position. But, like, does it matter? Like, like, yes, it like, does, like, though. Like the, the, yes, like, it does. But, like, the 13th guy on the roster guys, matters. You need guys who are going to care. Also... The what, thirteenth what guy what, on the roster situ- matters more his incentive than than Giannis's incentive to play hard in that no, game. No, but I don't you, think but, so. No, but are you going to find seven players who are going to want to play hard for a team's draft pick? Yes. No way. Players do not because if there are play, seven players uh, unless, who think that they're going to be on that team next year no. and who think that that team is competitive, then no, yes. no. Or okay, even if it's like a, you're starting small forward, and all of a sudden like the next like big small forward in or the, the the top player in the draft is a small forward or something like that. Or even if it's not, even if it's like your team gets a good pick, it's like, hey, if they draft someone at my, at my position, I'm screwed because they would rather play them than me. Like, pl- players do not look at it from a GM's perspective. That's why, I, like, when, whenever, like, let's say Damian Lillard, like, whenever, like, Evan Turner or, like, uh, Nurkic or whoever got paid big they were like yeah man go get your money they're not they're not thinking like damn we spent so much salary cap so we can't sign other players they don't they like at least externally but i believe also internally they don't think that way and it's not because they like don't understand it's just because they're players and they're playing with these guys i i understand what, what you're saying i but i think that that last example was a little bit flawed in that like of course they're going to say that because they're on the same team. They spend but, every but they, day together. Like they're it, supposed to be it, boys. But it's social media, and they volunteer that information. It's not. It's not like but, anyone. It, it wasn't an interview. But but it's like. But now it's like a standard where like if you don't tweet out, go get your bag, Dame. Like then all of a sudden it's like Dame's like, yo, why didn't you tweet about it? <laughs> like 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 I don't know. Like Dame probably Dame and like probably wouldn't say anything. But you start to get like like the entire For, world of the NBA exists in social media and in like entertainment value but I, so it's like I it's a know, little man. bit like you I, have to put on a show i don't know i don't know i still i still buy it like players genuinely are happy when each other get paid they are but don't you think that also they'd be genuinely happy that one of the best prospects in the draft is now on their team but i i don't think the players get any enjoyment from like let's say marcus smart is playing really well and kemba walker or, i don't know just say someone who has been there for a long time it's like uh-huh. man marcus smart is like playing super well and we're and we're underpaying him like no one is saying that in the nba yes but it's no if, one but is if saying the celtics that. don't pay him then somebody else is going to pay him because he's underpaid no right? no, like, no like marcus smart was under know. contract and now he's playing really well so let's say let's say like steph curry 
Like, okay. like years ago, he was underpaid, and he was MVPs getting paid like $15 million. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, Clay or Draymond was in the locker room. It was like, yo, man, like, we're so good. We can go out and sign KD because we underpaid Steph. Like, well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That That's fact true. remains true, but, but they're not happy about but it. But you also don't need to have a lot of money to get good rookies. You know what I mean? Like... Like, it's not, if you no, sign somebody but, to a but, big contract, but this, fin- you don't but this need financial space. thing is just me talking about why players don't think in terms of GM. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying. So, My, that I graphic thing would this never is, be a thing. It would never be a thing. It would be a thing that for would, like coaches, sure. And maybe, like, that would be a way e- better incentive than financial incentives. I, I think. No, it wouldn't. For, it would, for, the it would, mo- for, 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 for owners, league officials, for owners totally. GMs, coaches, and the best players, that is the best no, option. Only like four or five players in the league would care. Like That is of, not true. That's, it's it's the, true. the top four players on every team at least that, would no. want that. Dude, this is so not true. Yes. You, you, don't, you, you, you think that Danny Green would like try really hard for the Lakers... To have to like so they could get a draft. Pick. Absolutely. Why would he? Absolutely. Do that? Because, why would he do because that? Because why wouldn't if Danny Green thinks that he's gonna be a role player on the Lakers for the next four years? He's only under contract for next year. Okay. So then, but then it's like, especially you know, all. Yeah. Also, what what if the guy's not what what if the guy's not on contract for the team next year? Okay. What, then what, like, what then, if your yeah, what if your best play. what if your best player is a free agent next year? Then I mean that that does create an issue, but I'm I, I think that Danny Green would go all out because if he's a role player in the team, then he wants that team he wants the team to be as good as possible, right? He wants the ring, and so he's going to go after that. But putting team success like number one, I think. Also, another thing is this round robin would only make up like like what like five games or six games of the regular season. Like I could see that if. If this round robin, well, if, if you won a round robin, you're automatically a top a, two seed in your conference. That would be a legit. That would be a legit thing. Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. if you won a round robin, then you're guaranteed a top four seed in the playoffs. The, that the would 30, be legit. The thirty team tournament, though, it's a or thirty like a team round robin. You're playing more than five or six games. A round robin means you play like most teams at least once. You generally, really? like, I, I would, like, I would, I would, like when you play a round robin. In my mind, I thought of it as like the World Cup. Where there's like um, that's not a round robin. That's just a tournament, or 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 you play the 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 groups. The first round is a round robin, right? Where you have yeah, you, you have like ten like five, groups and you have five group like five five yeah, let's teams say five group. five groups. You play four then games. Every then every one of those teams plays each other. So generally, a round robin means within a group of teams, every one of the teams plays each other once. And so, if you have a thirty team tournament, then each team in every group is going to have to play each other at least once. I, okay, like I understand that. It just, I, I, I can't buy that teens would ever care about this for financial incentives for draft picks, especially because like things in the NBA and the NBA are temporary. Literally half the league moved teams this off season. Like literally half the league moved teams this off season. So like in in your world, that means that half the league should not have cared about this round robin. It's not a perfect example. But I'm saying that financial incentives is a horrible idea to try to get people excited about this tor- the tournament. And I think that draft picks would get the... Mo- I think, off the top of my head, draft picks was the example I could think of that would get the coaches, the owners, the GMs, and all of the best players on, on their teams excited about that idea. Is a perfect idea? No. But neither is this round-robin tournament. The reseed in the conference finals, however, I think is a fantastic idea. <laughs> because... When you end up with the last four... So, so one of the biggest things is like, okay, how are we going to balance? We have these two conferences that have already been set, but we also want there to be a chance in the finals that you get the East versus East or West versus West because the two best teams in the in the, in the the league might be in the same conference and you don't want the NBA finals to be in the conference finals. You want it to be in the actual finals. Yeah. Now, like last year, for example, I think we got lucky in that like the Warriors and the Raptors played in the, in the, in the finals. Like we've gotten lucky... Over the last few years, I think that in general, it's been the two best teams in the league feeding in the, beating in the finals. But it's not I mean, always not, that. Not way. really. I feel like a few of those Cavs teams, like the like, especially two years ago, like Rockets mm-hmm. Warriors was the finals. I I, I think that's true because either one of those teams probably would have beat the Cavs. Yeah. But at the same time, that was partially because like it was a it was a Cavs team that had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love out. I think if, if we're talking yeah. about the same finals, yeah. But 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 also just like having LeBron James in the finals is kind of what you want. 
if you're the league. Where, but the, the year where it was like Isaiah Thomas and the Cavs just sucked. And like, he, here's my, mm-hmm. like, I, I think it's a good idea too, because I think, I mean, the, the primary reason why I kind of don't like the one to 16 thing is like, I guess like tradition. I don't know. But like, I, I like you don't, you don't like, want to train. You want to switch it from the one to 16. I do not. You don't want to switch it. No, I don't want to switch it just because, like, I don't know, like, tradition, whatever. But so like, so that's what, and that's why I'm saying, like, up to the conference finals, keep it the same. It makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's and, a, and it's that, that's, what, that's, what, that's why yeah. I like this. Because it, if you see that, let's take last year. Portland. Oh, you mean don't you mean switch don't switch it from one to eight to one to sixteen? Yes, switch yeah, nothing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Switch nothing. Okay. Um, but this I am kind of okay with because if you take like the Portland Trailblazers last year, yeah, you don't think that like the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers and the Warriors would have been playing harder all season to be able to like ensure that they play the worst team in the semifinals now, of the league. I, I heard you say earlier you said like it would be a reaching the conference finals based on record. Yeah. I'm not sure that it would actually be based off of record as much as like the college football playoff. Because you sent me the clip to watch from Woj. I'm, I don't know. I didn't listen that closely. When I first heard it, I thought of it as like the college football playoffs where they reseed it based off of how you played in the playoffs. I feel like that's so hard to determine though. You might not do it based off of and I also you like, might not do it based off like a judgment call. You might base do it, do it based off of like record in the playoffs. So like if you went undefeated up to the conference finals in the playoffs, if you went like you know I don't know what would it be? It wouldn't be sixteen and zero. It would be like eight and zero at that point. If you were eight and zero, then like maybe you become the one seed or but, something like that. Okay, but, even if that's the case, I think it would be better if it was for the regular season because that's an incentive for the Warriors to not just win like 53, 55, 57 games, but mm-hmm. instead go for like sixty. Because, like, remember, like, the year, like, the Warriors, like, weren't trying as hard? What if, like, them trying hard, tr- harder meant instead of playing the Rockets in the conference finals, they played the Celtics? Yeah. Like, the 2018 Celtics. I guess what the like, word... I think that, that's a huge incentive. It, I, I, I it, agree. It I just, such... the, word, the word reseed to me makes it seem like they're, like, redeciding who's who. But I actually think that what you're saying makes sense. Is like, it doesn't, it shouldn't really matter, like how they decide it you just want like the four best you don't you just want there to be some some way that you're determining like it's not just east versus east west versus west it's like the four best teams yeah. are being split up so you're playing the the first best team versus the fourth and the second yes. versus the third yes makes sense to me yeah i, I think it's pretty smart Th- that was the i mean at 78 games that's fine it's like especially with like a schedule re- like re uh realigning to where it's like people are like oh it should be like 70 games it should be 60 games instead of 80 at first, I was like, no, that messes up, like, historic stats and whatever, like, compared. But, like, seven, 78 games, like, that doesn't make that much of a difference. So, I'm, like, okay with that, especially if it, like, takes away from load management a bit and reseed in the conference finals. I like that. As we talked about, even though I was kind of just, like, defending the idea of the playing games, I still, I still, if I had my choice, I would keep it as it is just because, like, I think it's good now. Although, it wouldn't be the end of the world. The thing that I find stupid is the 30 season or th- 30 team in season tournament yeah overall i think this is a very productive conversation i'm really glad the nba is talking about this i think that there yeah. there are some serious improvements that they could make based off of the change they discussed here whether all these changes are going to be made we don't know i hope not in some cases i hope so in others yeah um but i guess so just really quickly finally um prayers up to to Kemba Walker after after last night we don't have that many details off of it but essentially all that we know is that he was stretchered off the court after colliding with teammate Semi Ojale um and now has concussion like symptoms and and they're they're sort of saying that it's not all that severe um which initially it looked very severe after he was like you get notification like Kemba Walker stretchered off the court it's like yeah. oh my god what just happened yeah, I, I didn't actually see the, vi- the video it's kind of terrifying right because right? they but... he's literally he's strapped down to the table and they like have eight yeah. guys pick him up and put him on and then roll him off the court. Right. Yeah. So, so, so that's never a situation that you want to see, obviously. Um, but like, I guess the question is now, in addition to the Gordon Hayward injury, now that, uh, that Kemba Walker is injured, what does that mean for the Celtics for the rest of this, for the rest of the season? If whether, cause I don't think that Kemba Walker is going to miss the rest of the season. It's probably just going to be a week or two, but, what does that mean for that time frame? For me, it means that 
we are now going to see how far Jalen Brown has come and how good he really is. Mm-hmm. Because um, MDJ on YouTube made a really good point in saying that while the Celtics have looked really good, when they have their best five out there, Jalen Brown is somewhat of a non-factor because he's kind of just not really flowing within the offense and he just overall just seems to not really belong, to not really fit properly, just from a lack of shooting and a lack of dribbling. However, if we talk about the last time Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were alone together, the the 2017 NBA playoffs, I believe, maybe 2016, and they made it as a a two-seed, but when uh, Kyrie Kyrie was out, but they were still a two-seed because they had somewhat of an easier schedule. Uh, they beat the Bucks and then they beat someone else to, yeah, to mean, get to get to the conference finals, and they were one game away from being LeBron and the Cavs. So that that was the immediate reaction that I that I, I said to you, which was like, no matter how much time Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker misses, this is in it, this is going to be an experiment for the Celtics offense that is going to look something like that finals. Yeah, and finals I mean, run. like m- mainly that run was like the Jason Tatum show and Jalen Brown yeah. also played well and Terry Rozier also played made, well, but it, it was mainly the Jason realize. Tatum show. However, I think at this point, two years later to where Jalen Brown's what, like 23, 24. Yeah. You, probably. you have to say to yourself, if the time isn't now, then when, then when, right? So like, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that necessarily has to be now, but it's like, well, uh, in light of the fact that he just got paid big bucks. Okay. Yeah. Jalen Brown's 23 years old. But going back to what you said about, like, sometimes he looks lost when they are when they got their best five on the court. Um, I think that, like, that is the biggest difference between, like, Kyrie and Kemba Walker, which is that, like, the chemistry with Kyrie Irving on the team didn't exactly work. Um, and, and, and so part of the reason I think that the Celtics have gotten off to such a hot, hot start is, like, not only do they lose the offensive weapons of like Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier, which at face value is a bad thing, but actually I don't think has turned out to be all that bad. Um, it's mainly just because like now that there aren't as many people that have to get their shots in, they're able to focus on letting the ball move more freely between Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Gordon Hayward, which are basically right now the only five guys that they like need to have scoring the ball you know like you've also got like spark plug guys like Carson Edwards that are gonna gonna come off the bench basically just for the purpose of putting the ball in the basket but those are the five guys that it's like we have to get them touches we have to keep them happy because they're guys who can get paid where outside of the Celtics and these are guys that like we're paying a lot of money to do whatever they're doing right now um and so I think that like this is gonna be Somewhat, this could be. I don't want to say blessing in disguise because that sounds really bad for how serious this injury looked. And so once again, I want to emphasize, like, I would never wish that upon anybody, like that kind of that kind of head injury. Um, that's obviously very dangerous. This could end up being though somewhat useful for the Celtics as an opportunity without Gordon Hayward and without Kemba Walker for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to really find themselves again within the offense and with each other so that when Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward return they're all they've all sort of got these defined spots in the offense although Jalen Brown pieces fall together but will will Jalen Brown not have to revert back to what he was right now well right now Jalen Brown's stats are ridiculous. I know Jalen Brown's stats are ridiculous. He's on my fantasy team and it's been lovely. So, so, but. so if he has to convert convert back to what he's been for the first fifteen games of this season, fantastic. But it's still been like awkward. It's been awkward. It's been seven hundred times better than it was last year. Yeah, and I understand that, but it, it's still like when you actually like the the stats look great on the page, but like when I kind of did some sort of Jalen Brown. Celtics research and yeah. YouTube video watching it I see what people are saying when they say that while well, the stats look good that like his it's actual static. what what he actually adds to the offense is not much yeah I, and that that sounds weird to say yeah it's it's something that you, that you can't see on paper but I, I what I'm I guess is saying saying is that like like if he goes back to giving you 19 points per game on 47 percent from the field like that is fine. That's not an underuse of what Jalen Brown is. You would hope that 
he will spend this time without Kemba Walker and without Gordon Hayward figuring out how he can get those offense better in the flow of the offense and more naturally so that when they come back, he's getting the same number of touches, same number of shots that he is right now, but he does so in a way that looks more natural and less forced, so he looks less lost out there. Yeah. Also, shifting gears, another player that I am very excited to see how they react to this Uh horrible thing is Marcus Smart. Does he get the starting point guard job? Of course he does. Of course he does. So Here's the thing. If you... Like, I wasn't really aware of this until, like, this week. But just watching Marcus Smart, he almost looks like more of a point guard than Kemba Walker this year. And yeah, that, which is that, weird to say because I, I, said, I said, is he the starting point guard? Because I don't think of him as a point guard. But now, now I do. Now I do. It's like over the past month or half month, if you look at his game the way he is playmaking and the way he is dribbling the ball before, like, Marcus Smart dribbles made me uncomfortable. <laughs> but <laughs> he's n- dribbling with a purpose. Yeah, he's dribbling with a purpose. He's calling plays and he's running the offense in a very, very baffling way. And right now, his shots aren't falling as well as you would like. However, that's that's fine. Like his his touches are up. I'm sure his dribbles are up. And like I I saw Marcus Smart like drive into the paint, jump stop, and like dish off to a big and my mouth like dropped (laughs) it it was like it was so like okay am i am i watching this guy who two years ago was a good defender but couldn't shoot and couldn't dribble or like like am i watching just an above average starting point guard in the league his his field goal percentage is low at 38 percent yeah like i said like his shots aren't aren't falling his three-point percentage though is almost 35 percent which is solid he shot 36 percent last year his shots aren't falling but the shots that he's getting are good shots to where and they will fall eventually i can't be mad at him for taking them okay and and his points and his assists are are career highs so far obviously small sample size but what you said about like like he has the opportunity to prove something to himself and to the team i think is is good hopefully this this means he gets more shots he gets that confidence up they start to fall and so i think this this could just mean that like when you start to have these isolated isolated moments of like you only have three of the star players at a time or you only have like two of them at a time or then then when you have all five of them together it'll look more smooth because they've all figured out how to play without each other. So playing with each other becomes more I don't know if that's good logic. I'm not going to lie. When you put it like that, it's weird. I'm not pessimistic, but I just don't think that is the way to reconcile it. I just think the way to reconcile it is Marcus Smart's going to be even more comfortable and we'll hope that Jalen Brown gains more confidence. Uh, yeah, I mean, specifically in the context of these injuries, like what did they mean? I just... I think it means that saying that they'll be better with each other because they played without each other is weird. What I mean is that, like, I think they've been on sort of like a wild goose chase the last two years where it's like everybody wants shots, so nobody gets enough shots. And so, like, when everybody gets shots in, like, a real live game scenario, then it's, like, more normal afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, that's that's me being hopeful in a very terrible situation. Um, So... We both hope for very speedy recoveries for Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker um, and, and hope that like when they both come back, um, that Celtics continue to kill it because they're off to a great start so far this season. So, yeah. All right. Uh, to all our audio listeners, thank you so much for watching or listening, I guess. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Space of the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space of the Floor and leave a review and check us out on youtube also at space of the floor and thank you so much for listening my name is connor geelan and i'm connor flattery and see you next time peace have a good thanksgiving